0: Aaron Lansbury welcome back to the Jolfman podcast. Hey how you doing? I'm very well um winter has started I haven't recorded anything any chats with anybody so you are the first one back after the uh, mammoth run of chats that I had in the lockdown earlier in the year. Fantastic yeah, it's, no, it's good to be back on good to You're always one of my you're, you're you're a dog walker listener aren't you I think I, uh, every, every dog walk I've got some sort of podcast on, whether
1: it's you or someone else, there's always there's always something going on in my ear, yeah.
0: We'll maybe come back to that at the end if there's any referrals of people could listen to, because it's always good. I, I'm on uh, test, test Match Special, Cricket World Cup, and all of that at the moment. So that takes up all of my uh, podcast listening. I listened to a fantastic, randomly, one between Mika Richards and Carlos Brathwaite over the last couple of days. Um, oh,
1: okay, he's quite funny.
0: Oh, I'll tell you if, you, if you want to cheer yourself up, I don't know, whenever people do maybe listen to this, if anybody does, the (laughs) Test Match Special cricket one between Mika Richards and um, Carlos Brathwaite is is very funny. Very, very funny indeed. I'm
1: not much of a cricket fan, but I
0: might just give it a go based on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So for, for those that haven't listened in before, don't know who you are, maybe give yourself a bit of an introduction.
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm Aaron. Um, I work over at Stonebridge Golf Centre, which is just sort of south edge of Birmingham, between Birmingham and Coventry, really. Actually, um, been coaching there since March this year. Pretty much just specialising junior coaching, um, delivered to about 180 kids each week. Um, in terms of weekly lessons and all sorts of on-course activity, events, parties, all sorts of all sorts of weird and wonderful things um, at the golf club, but. Nearly all junior base, which is which is what I enjoy doing. Um, hopefully, all the kids have a good time, and we certainly have them for a long, a long time with us. So, yeah, that's pretty much me.
0: Because I'm pretty sure, and I meant to check this before we started. So I'm pretty sure that the last recording we did was before you moved to Stonebridge. Yes, I think it would have been. Yeah, I think it was in the pipeline, It was in the secret pipeline at the time, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I obviously couldn't go blurting it around, could I?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's been a successful move, by the looks of it, and by the sounds of it.
1: It has, yeah. It was only about 10 minutes up the road, so it wasn't a big jump. Um, but but all of them, every single junior that I coach um, came over, none of them dropped out. Um, venue's just a little bit bigger and a bit better. course, a little bit more open to us being, you know being on it and using it. So, so far, so good, yeah.
0: Yeah, because I think, well, it may well come up in the chat that we have, but the facility and the course and the organisation and the structure of the golf club – Probably plays a massive part in um, what we can offer children and families, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, it's it's kind of vital, really. Yeah. Um, so, just for maybe some context, we caught up a couple of weeks ago, and um, around you know lots of things to discuss, but around pl- children playing golf independently. Mm. Um, so maybe why don't you start with the sort of the, the thought that you had in your head, or the question that you had, and then we'll maybe just bat it backwards and forwards from there.
1: Yeah, of course, yeah. So we have, um, it's sort of been in the pipeline for maybe five or six years, perhaps. So it was a long time ago. Um, We would have, we had about 130 odd kids that would come to the coaching. Um, And then it was always, it was always the problem initially of getting them out into the golf course, just in general. We would have 130 kids and five of them would be golf course users. And then we sort of realized these numbers and sort of looked at them and thought, what's, what's the point? And to me, it didn't really feel like that was what I wanted to achieve. So that was when we started looking at well, how can we get them on the course more and get them actually playing out there. And we've been very successful at that. And we've, we've got a hundred odd kids that play very, very regularly, but in structured, organized competitions, events, things like that. So over the last, say, 18 months or so, maybe a year, we've been thinking of different ways of, well, how can we encourage players or kids to go out by themselves or with mom or with dad, and outside of a structured event. So we've we've come up with a few sort of different strategies and tried a handful of different bits, different things, and then obviously spoke to you about it because I know that's that's a big part of what you try and encourage and try and offer, just to try to get a few more ideas.
0: And I think what's interesting to anybody that's listening, you know, coaches, parents, clubs, who you know whoever, and I don't think this is necessarily about golf in general, but. I think the discussion we had is we've got to we've got to ask ourselves the question why are why are children not choosing to play independently and I think there's a quite a number of reasons why that's not the case and I suppose when we say children young people we've maybe also got to you know all those discussions we've had before we've got to be pretty clear about what age and stage we're talking about as well um, yeah absolutely yeah because I think you know organised sport organised activity means that children do get those opportunities to get into golf probably a lot earlier than would have traditionally done 10, 12, 15, 20 years ago. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if they're coming in and they're starting golf at say four, five, six, seven, you know, from a stage perspective and from a development perspective, they may not be quite ready to play independently in the truest sense of the term, because I suppose, the question that always throws around my mind, and I know we discussed it, didn't we, is that if you speak to anybody that plays golf, not anybody, a number of people that play golf, often people say the good old days was when we could just turn up at the golf club, there'd be a group of juniors there, and everybody would just go and play. And very little coaching took place. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was how I got into golf, really. and started. You know, that's how I got low enough handicap to do my job and become a pro. And, that, and, I, and I don't get, I don't feel, and all the conversations I've had, and, you know, again, I'm, I'm willing to be wrong as ever, but I don't feel that necessarily happens quite as much anymore. It probably still happens at a, 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 a very small sample of golf clubs. It certainly doesn't happen quite as much as it
1: did at the club I was involved with as a child compared to the club I'm at now, despite their potential numbers being far greater.
0: I mean, yeah, I know we said you know, where I am in Sussex, I would probably struggle to name, I could probably name a couple that I think might have it, but I would probably struggle to name a, a handful of golf clubs where you could join as a, as a junior member and know that you could just play informally and pitch up and have that putting green, stay up there all day, um, play 36 holes, 54 holes, join different people, all those things that probably happened more often a period of time ago.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know any of here, but uh, I've not really looked into it all that much. Um, just working at the site that we work at. Um, but no, it certainly doesn't happen to that degree at uh, the club we're at, now.
0: And and I suppose it's where I often catch myself during this conversation that, you know, it's all very well and good. And I think you get to a certain stage and age of, in your life where you go, oh, well, you know, the good old days, they're a lot better than they were now and society and life is different. But there was something pure about that idea that people young people could join a club play informally formally had lots of choices and coaching was something that came second whereas obviously the discussion we had the other week and again quite quite keen to sort of kick it around was that coaching now is the is the absolute first thing that everybody gets isn't it it's just so so organized yeah. so structured that it's no wonder there's very few opportunities for people to play informally and independently. Yes, there, it's, definitely, it's
1: definitely flipped around. And the way that we deliver is definitely flipped around. Um, it, I mean, it brings in the numbers, obviously, because we, we the club I was at as a child never had anywhere near the numbers that, that we get through the door at Stonebridge. Um, but the way that they get introduced to it, like you said, is come along to a golf coaching session, see how you get on, see if you enjoy it. And then they keep coming back. And then it's the, the next step after that. That is always the tough one to cross. Can you get them to then start playing independently after that? Should
0: that be the, the choice that you choose to go down? And I think it's definitely, you know, the, the, the children are probably going to be more likely, and as a majority, more likely going to be 11 plus, aren't they, as far as age is concerned? You know, that age and stage where a parent, a family member, could drop them off somewhere, knowing that they're not only going to be safe, but they're also going to be responsible enough to, be, you know, behave in the manner that a golf club expects of them.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's yeah, it's, it's it's going to be eleven plus, isn't it, where they're they're left wholly kind of independent, I guess, so purely by themselves. Um, for us, we're almost we're also targeting trying to get some of the the ones that are below eleven to to go out, but obviously with mums and dads so we're trying to get the older ones but also some of the younger ones to go out too
0: so so i've got a theory that if if let's say that children and young people playing independently is on the decline over the last x amount of years i've got no facts to back that up but let's just say you know we know we know a little bit about the sort of the 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 the, the area we work in one of the factors of why that happens is often i believe because of the code us as a, as coaches, us as a business, us as the structure that we put in place, that coaching is generally the only thing we offer. Yes, agreed. Yeah, um, and I know we had a, we had a reasonably honest chat about it the other week that we have to be aware that the structure of our coaching, the structure of our business, and also probably the structure of the facilities and clubs that we're at probably make that choice for children and young people to play independently very difficult to make. Yeah, and especially at the site that we we're at is, is, well, and the site we were previously
1: at is it is perfect for that it's perfectly set up for a structured organized coaching event with the driving range and the you know the commercial side of it income bloody bloody blah it's 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 spot on from our perspective and the club's
0: perspective so in some ways i suppose as a sport we have to accept that as as it's become more commercial you know coaches paid coaches structure um, recruiting children earlier booking great booking tea times online every tea time being worth a certain amount of money then the ability for children and young people to play independently and informally is going to be less it's going to be lesser isn't it it is yeah
1: and also from our perspective i think a driving range has a has a big kind of role in it because with my my business hat now on i can i can earn a heck of a lot more if i'm working at a driving range which is open until 9 p.m um and just using the driving range the whole time um, which, again, sets up for ideal for coaching and less play
0: out on the golf course. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I suppose I, what I was keen to probably throw out there and more than happy for people to come back is the commercial nature of coaching, golf coaching, probably, the commercial nature of golf clubs makes it very difficult for children to play independently. That said, I think there are still lots and lots of things we can do. And, you know, I'd be interested to get your thoughts and I'm maybe just repeating some of the stuff we said or the stuff we've discussed how we can provide the opportunities for people to play informally and independently.
1: Yeah, there's definitely some things. I mean, what we saw spoken about sounds very much, or so far sounds very much where we were maybe when we started all the on course before we started all our on course events. So it was probably four years ago where it was just the kids rolling up doing their, their golf weekly on a Wednesday night and then going home again. So if anyone was to ask that child and that family, do you play golf? it's like yes i do every wednesday but it's in that that structured environment so it almost doesn't give them an opportunity to go out again does it
0: no no it doesn't And you know and it's you know it's life as a family i think sometimes that <clears throat> five, 5 till 6 on a wednesday is golf time 6 till exactly. 7 on a wednesday is swimming 7 till 8 is, is is martial arts and you know we do end up compartmentalizing the the opportunity um i mean even just doing some work now at cookfield it's really interesting to try and explore that idea that you know let's say on a saturday afternoon three to four the tea is closed to golfers and it's open to people families children to turn up play informally play one hole play three holes play six holes and then build up from there
1: yeah 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 i think that that's been very much lost in in where
0: we were at least anyway and hoping to try and get to yeah and I, but, I, but I also wonder if, you know, we've been sold this idea that you talk about structuring, and we talk about organisation, that everyone's got to do it properly. Everyone's got to do it well. Everyone's got to, um, you know, work towards being uh, the best player they can, handicaps and competitions and such like, rather than what's wrong mm. with just playing <clears throat> for the sake of it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, there's definitely this thing, um, which I think I got caught up in it a lot as well, in the golf coaching world of almost having like like a performance I guess it sounds kind of glamorous, doesn't it? Like a performance pathway of well, if I if I can track how they're doing and track how they're compete, um, how they're playing in our sessions and and show that they're getting better, but it's it's all range based or it's all putting green based. Then it's it's all great that you're improving their skill, but you're not really getting to the you're not really getting to the point of well, they're not actually going out to the golf course and they're not actually playing golf. So to an extent, it's like well. What's the point? What's the overall purpose of doing that? Apart from just to make them better on the driving range. So, um, yeah, I think that's an interesting point to explore possibly as well.
0: Yeah, I think, I think uh, as, after we spoke and the chat we had and then I listened to another podcast in the week with we Stuart Armstrong and I can't remember what it was on. I can't remember what it was on. Um, but it, it, you know, it strikes me that one of the things that's got lost in sport and in children and young people's activity is play players being yeah. lost so you know games based and fun and driving range games and putting green games as you say but i think the element of playing has been lost um and so my challenge to probably anybody listening coaches parents family members organizations is you know where's where's the play where's the And when I say play, it's that sort of informal start here, finish there, Mm. have a go, do what you like. You know, yes, play safely, sensibly and fairly. And I know we spoke a lot about, and I've sort of put that framework or posited that framework of Jolfer, golfer, player. Um, Jolfer, somebody that needs some support, needs some help, needs cajoling, probably can't do it on their own. Golfer, somebody that can play independently, so he's responsible enough and safe enough and sensible enough to do it. And then a player, which... You know, I think as we discussed with your numbers, it's still quite a small percentage of your children that come every single week, those that are doing it to probably get better, keep score, do it for some other purpose than just doing it for the hell of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And doing it not
0: for just coming up and doing that one lesson, isn't it? And getting them out in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wonder if we you know let's say just you and I you and I were in a chat and I think we did come to that conclusion we've got to make more of an effort to provide those opportunities haven't we Um, yes it's
1: it's almost it's providing them kind of like we're coming back to with the coaching it's providing it in in less structure which is very difficult because it's kind of counterintuitive isn't it to try to put something in less structural but in a proper way you kind of it's like a battle there almost isn't it
0: it really is. It really is, and 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 whether golf's sort of set up to do this. I mean, I, you know, I always sort of reference it back to my and my children's sort of activities, like with cricket. So cricket is, I don't know, let's say James's cricket. It's it's match on a Monday night. It's training on a Friday, and it's all the other bits in between. So the thing that's always in there is that match on a Monday night. Yeah, and the tra- I wouldn't say training is secondary to it. Training is just training, but. In golf, as we've said, and again, really interested to hear anybody come back and say different. Is that it tends to be right, like you said, coaching on a or Aaron's mm. session on a on a Wednesday afternoon, five till six, and then that's it. And for a lot of children and families, that's fine because they're buying into you and your activity. But it's not golf, is it? I'm not it's saying not golf. reaching.
1: Yeah. It's not reaching our end goal. Our end goal is to try to create as many golfers as we possibly can. Yeah. And then we sort of choose a golfer as someone that goes out and plays on the course and does it by themselves and handicaps. And if they want to do comps, fine, da, 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 whatever they want to do. So it becomes, it becomes their game. I imagine a lot of it actually coming back to a different sport is like maybe to an extent, we're trying to be more like what you hear of like Argentinian footballers and that sort of thing where they love football and they, they just play football on the streets with their mates because they want to do it so it's all kind of it's all ad hoc it just happens because it happens I think that's kind of where we're trying to sort of get to
0: I think it's a balance I think it's a balance and I think you know golf I've always said with children's golf no child is ever sort of getting themselves there to the golf club on their own you know they're always going to need to be driven mm. so, you know in this journey to create more informal playing opportunities then you know especially like like with you and like with with what we do, you know, we've got lots of children that are four, five to sort of 11 primary school age. We're going to to bring the the family members along with us. Um, I mean, back end of last year, we were able to provide, like we said, those opportunities where we say to the families, turn up at two, get you on the golf course, play as a family, you know, kick it, hit it, throw it, run, do whatever you like, do it safely, do it sensibly, do it fairly. And it was unbelievably successful. And that's why I, mm. I keep coming back to, you know, that conversation we had really ignites the sort of thoughts in me about why aren't, and i say we, you know, we as coaches, but you also wonder why clubs aren't doing more of it as well. Mm. Um, so I think golf clubs have a, not a responsibility, but maybe, you know, rather than golf clubs trying to set up junior sections and set up competitions and medals and handicaps, which, you know, some children will want, I wonder if clubs need to be looking at those informal playing opportunities as well and seeing them as a part of the business and part of the offer?
1: Yeah, I guess it I guess it kind of comes back to being looking like it's more structured because therefore that was that would appear to be better having the competitions and having the whatever the annual presentation, all this kind of stuff. Because it gives the appearance of looking like a bigger, better structured organization as opposed to a just come along and play, which almost looks less professional
0: perhaps maybe but what I think I like about where you're where you are and where you're moving towards is that you've obviously got your coaching recruit people in you've got those organized playing events and experiences which are tremendously successful and so they should be and then it's just adding that extra piece of the puzzle to it as well isn't it yeah it is yeah
1: yeah yeah we're desperately trying to get them get them out playing
0: I think if I had my time again Or you know and I partly got that in some ways we're moving to a new facility to do some work is that I'd probably start with the informal play and then build everything around the informal play yeah it was interesting talking to you about that it's almost like you
1: you come at it from an opposite end opposite way rounds than perhaps the traditional coach and I certainly do as well which is the way we do it is we'll get them coming along to a to a taster session um you know, as speaking as over the last few years, we'd get along to come along to a taster session. They'd do a few sessions. Then we'd say, right, you're ready now to sort of start going out and playing. You know, you've done a session or two. Let's just get you out going. Um, and you're very much not like that, are you? You're the other way around. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, it was probably lock- lockdown was a great time in, in a lot of ways to be able to sort of take time away and to sort of think about what we're offering. And... Um, you know, I realized that as coach, you know, too many children were coming to coaching and well, let me start again. It was for me, it was more, I want more children and families to play independently on the golf course. And I felt that probably the coaching, although they enjoyed it, they loved it. It was really good. They were getting better financially. You know, we we earned a couple of quid along the way. Wasn't achieving the end goal. Um, Mm. So I suppose it's, you know, it's like, it's like you said, when you asked, it's like we, we we discussed and I thought since it's like, well, why are we doing what we do? Because if we, if we want to create more independent golfers, then we have to look at what we're offering. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that, then that might mean from a business structure and where, where the income is going to come from and what it's going to look like and when someone comes through, when a family comes through the door for the first time, what are we going to offer? And as I've said to a lot of coaches recently, is that if you offer them that, that opportunity to play as a family, and then you offer it to them again and again and again. They're going to keep coming back because they're going to love it. Then, from a coaching perspective, well, you've got lots of opportunities to, if you like, sell coaching because mom, dad, auntie, uncle, brother, sister, grandma, granddad, everybody's coming. Hmm. You've got more customers. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's a very. It's almost like um, I imagine to a lot of people, it looks like a very brave, a brave thing to do is to not to sell the coaching right away. It's very yeah. easy to sell a brand new player. The first thing that you initially sort of think is, oh, I need to go and get some coaching because I don't know what I'm going to do. Golf Instead of, He's here's a, a club. club. He's a ball. Yeah.
0: That and that's that's a, that's a that's very brave
1: thing to do. From that's a business perfect. perspective and a golf club sort of perspective as well, isn't it? I imagine a lot of golf clubs are sort of terrified of the idea of having 20 people on the golf course that haven't got a clue what's going on.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe. And, you know, there might be some... You know, there might be some legitimate reasons why that shouldn't happen, but I've seen too many instances now over the last sort of four or five years where people, people are fine. You know, here's where you start. Can you see that flag? Yeah, just keep hitting it until you get there. You yeah, know, pick it up if you want to. Walk if you want to. Mm. Just, you know, move briskly, and away you go. There's some really simple, simple things that you can do that gets people to do that. And then you say, did you enjoy that? Yeah. Do you feel like you could do that on your own, Nessa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, do that then. And if you need us, we're here.
1: Yeah. I imagine a lot of it's almost a bit of a, uh, a mental barrier with new players as well, because you don't often get from experience of coaching sort of beginner golfers, they want to be out on the course, but they almost don't have that confidence, do they? They think, oh, well, I, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm not good enough. I haven't, I've never hit a golf ball before. I should probably do it on the range first. It's something in there. Whereas you would never do that with, with, with football or tennis. You just say, well, give me a racket, let me go. Yeah. You know, there's, it's a, maybe there's something in there that's, it's slightly different.
0: Possibly. I mean, we went, I went with James sort of a month ago or so. We, we sort of squash or racquetball was one of our chosen possible winter activities and he'd not done it before. And so literally, you know, we bought a couple of racket racket racquetball, racquets and the ball and we went and did it. And you know, Exactly. We, yeah. Keep, keep it underneath the red line. It might, you know, we sort of had a g- generalish rule that's only going to bounce once, but even then, it was a bit loose. Okay, let's see what we got. Mm. And I think I think people will see racquetball very differently to
1: new new golfers and parents as well. How they see racquetball compared to golf, and it's like, oh well, if I put the ball on the team, well, I'm not really supposed to do that because that's you know this is this is a golf club and we're not really supposed to be doing that. I and mean, when where should we, you know we shouldn't be doing this and that?
0: Um,
1: maybe maybe not, but uh, I think I hear that quite a lot from parents at least anyway.
0: Yeah, um, I think it's, I think it's what's initial, interesting what's interesting yeah. what you said there actually is that lo- there's lots of do nots. Mm, um, yeah, and uh, maybe you know e- even in in the language what we use and what we do and the language that people come to it rather than saying well actually this is this is all you've got to do. Mm. You know, using the racquetball example for me, it's like well, here's a driver, here's a ball because the driver has got the biggest head you can put with it if you need to. Start there. Make sure you're five paces away. That's where you end. Take it in turns. Off you go. Yeah. I wonder whether... um. I, I noticed when
1: I went to... Um, we were up in Scotland over the summer. And I don't know whether it was just the areas we went to, but there was a lot more family golf kind of vibe up there in the areas we were compared to where we are here. Right. But we also noticed they were all of that kind of vibe was on uh, or a lot of that vibe was on par three courses so on pitch and putt courses yeah it's almost like it's almost like those rules are kind of eliminated and it's like oh it doesn't really matter because it's just a it's just a pitch and putt by the sea or a pitch and putt, uh, even a uh, north berwick which is a super fancy club had a we, we played the course and we walked past one of the the par three course which they have it's like a little pitch and putt kind of area and um there's just all sorts of people all over it families you name it yeah um they might not have ventured onto the main course quite yet, but they were they were certainly involved in golf and playing. Um, where we are, there's, there's there's a handful of pitch and putts, but not perhaps not as many.
0: I could be speaking well out of turn there, but I don't know whether that has an influence or not. But, but I, I was just thinking, I, I drive, drive past one quite regularly on uh, Brighton Seafront near Rodine School, 18-hole pitch and putt course. And I'm just thinking, the one thing I always notice about when you go pitch and putt is you've got, you've got a ball, you've got a seven iron, you've got a putter, if you think about it, you've got two clubs which you can just sort of wander around. It's dead easy to know where you got to start. Dead easy to know where you have got to end. And there's no reason why golf courses, golf clubs, so can't can't set up those sort of things. Not pitch and put, but you know, utilize the old golf course, but just all the big golf course. But just say, right, here's a, here's two clubs, and away you go. And mm.
1: the more
0: the more I think about it now, the more I think I'm, I wonder, you know, if if it's. You know, we, we're saying it's coaches, we're saying it's parents and, and the children, but I wonder if the golf clubs are places they've got to consider, you know, we need to make ourselves more open and available for families
1: and young imagine, people to play. Yeah, I imagine it's difficult for clubs, isn't it? Because um, I think uh, I think a lot of what they're worried about and scared of is, is, is things, it's not going to be things like pace of play, isn't it? Or they're going to hold up, hold up the members or they'll they'll aggravate people Um, because it's a shared environment, isn't it? A golf course. Yeah. Um. I think that's where perhaps where a lot of worry comes from. Whereas going back to your racquetball, it's it's your court for 45 minutes. You do yeah. what you like. The, the, the press ups in there if you want. You can do whatever you want, can't you? Yeah. You haven't you haven't got to play ten rallies in the first five
0: minutes or anything like that. But it's also but also clubs do have lots and lots of downtime. You know, if you look at a hundred percent, there aren't many golf courses that have got hundred no, that use of tee times. And you know, if you said, well, like we said earlier on, and like we discussed, right, three till four on a Sunday, Saturday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, whatever it is, is, is family time for people yeah. from and to do it. I mean, it's that idea that's been said all the while. But it's like, well, it's got to go one, it's got to go one bit past that as well, hasn't it? To say, well, okay, we are going to set up that family time, but we're also then going to provide a couple of clubs, provide the balls, go and play, be safe, and, and like we discussed, you know, with you in... The people the staff that you can use to be able to do that it doesn't necessarily need to be someone qualified coach to do it either it's a facilitator of play isn't it absolutely yeah it can just be a club member a volunteer someone can't yeah, it? someone who someone who gets it yeah uh, absolutely yeah it's really inter- it's really interesting that independent player as I say for me I think the over the overstructure and the over organization of coaches and the commercial element of coaching and clubs is a real big factor into why we don't see as many children or young, or young people playing independently. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, and that you know, I suppose it's, it's coming from two people that probably make a living from over, you know, a, a str- a <laughs> coaching, venues. Commercial, <laughs> commercial venues, commercial um, venues.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I've got to make my got to make a living myself, so I kind yeah. of need those venues.
0: Yeah. The the other thing I was going to also talk about and i put down on my list is is during said coaching sessions is also making sure that at the for me the beginning the middle of end of every session we're always talking about the end goal of children playing independently to so both the child and the parents mm, yeah and so, and so structuring the sessions and the experiences so that everybody always knows that the reason we are doing this is that we don't we don't want to be have to help you do it in the future, whether that be tomorrow, next week, even a month, or in a year's time. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think that was where we got lost um, back in the old times of coaching when it, when when we started. It was it, it probably started as being on course because that was all I knew, and this was why you were going to try to make you hit it further or whatever. And then as it sort of went on, that kind of got a bit lost. Recently, since we've been doing all the all of our on course stuff, it, we have started to get it back a little bit. Right. Uh, it definitely, it definitely has changed the way that the kids react as well. If they are playing on the golf course, they, 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 they understand why we're trying to get them to in the coaching sessions to hit it over here or do this and do that. It's like, well, I, I get it. So that the, the on course helps the overall engagement of the lessons and helps them run smoother.
0: So have you found have you found that what you've offered during the sorry, let's start again. have you found that what you have offered or set up during your off course experiences has changed because of what you've seen the children do on in during the on course experiences? Um, I think I understand your question. <laughs> yeah. So they've, the, the,
1: on the, in, um, when they're in coaching, yeah, there's definitely a different mindset with the kids that are playing on the golf course compared to the kids that don't. Um, they always get, they get a lot more out of it because they have a real reason to actually kind of they not to go. That doesn't sound right. They have a, they have a slightly different reason to go is because I want to, I want to play better on the golf course. They want to improve. Um, oh, there's context so, as well, isn't that? There's
0: context. Yeah. Your sessions I think where, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. I suppose, you know, we could all be guilty of reflecting on sessions we've organized where, although they're fun and enjoyable and they look good and, but there's very little context for the learner or the child. Absolutely, yeah. So, take for example, I'll think about like a uh, an awkward lie session or pill downhill side hill. So, yeah, we, that's know, a great example. Yeah. I'd imagine, I'd imagine we've been like you, where we'd stand on some baskets, we'd have the ball on a high tee, we'd move, <laughs> we'd move the mat or pill and downhill, which the children love doing. And it, you know, it can alter the delivery of club and it alters the flight of the ball. And you have lots of conversations and the children enjoy doing it. but do they understand why they're doing it? Because we can say the golf course isn't flat, but unless they've experienced, I mean, take, for example, Cookfield, the ninth hole is pretty much directly up the hill. And mm. it's an absolute nightmare for all the players because, well, because it's an uphill shot. So they always get there, top it, top it, top it. So there's no context to the learning. Whereas what I would say is that if child family have been out and played that ninth hole and then you put the ball on uphill line, the drivers, they go, Ah, I <laughs> to yep. get better at this so I can play the knock I Yes, you do. Right now we're getting somewhere.
1: Yeah, that's it, and it, it increases. It just improves everything. Improves the way that they they listen to in a lesson, the way that they react, the way they're engaged. They'll be engaged for far longer. Just as a whole, the coaching session. You know, I guess with a selfish hat on as a golf coach, it, it's it's a lot easier.
0: Yeah. So 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 for all of us again, coaches, golf clubs parents family members especially the more we can get children playing independently on the golf course and even by independently I always think carrying their own bag mm, uh, yeah. making their own decisions choosing the club you know even if it's if in our eyes the wrong club so they they're 10 yards away from the green and they pick driver that's okay because at least then we can make that decision I mean carrying a bag is a big one for me I mean that's the first first point of call for children being independent golfers
1: yeah yeah no i'd agree with that yeah encourage them to carry it it's not we difficult have... they normally have three clubs
0: in i mean it's light as a feather <laughs> of the 180 children that you have come to you how how, how, off, how many parents family members carry the child's bag as they get from the car to the driving range Ooh, not many you know we, we do get a few
1: it's normally the very smallest ones okay so we're talking sort of four five maybe six years old um and it's probably it's probably from the parents' perspective just a hassle <laughs> having to try to a bit like tie you know. lasses and such stuff. But, but they're the yeah, ones. it's just easier if I carry it. It's that. I think I start, it's
0: that. Yeah, that's where I start seed sowing. That's where I start saying, right, Jamesy, you've got to mm. carry your own bag because when we when you get on the golf yeah. course, sorry, go I, on. <laughs> when you get no, that's fine. When you get on the golf course, that is what you are going to have to do. You can't have. 54 golf balls in your bag because it's too heavy absolutely yeah
1: yeah i'll always say to the i'll always say to the kids even if the parent is directly behind them i'll say oh you didn't bring your golf clubs today then ronnie or whatever his name is yeah. and they'll be like yeah, yeah yeah they're over there and i'm like oh right you got you know, you had a caddy you can't do that on the course
0: no. yeah yeah it's just like little things yeah i mean I, I just just picking up on that you talk about the caddy i know um if you look across the states you see lots of u.s kids events and they had all parents seem to caddy Mm, yeah it's a big thing isn't it it's very different here i think uh and if you know i can only see i can only see that moving in the opposite direction to children being independent golfers yeah yeah agreed yeah so if i suppose again any parents listening in that idea that you're helping because you're caddying it's very very questionable to me very questionable i mean I, i i look at that through very well questionable eyes yeah, and that's a good point because as much as
1: I, hundred percent agree with that, and I I have never really, apart from bringing the clubs into the to the, the coaching sessions for their, their lesson, I could not tell you how many of those kids carry their own clubs or trolley their own clubs around the course in our little on course events.
0: Yeah,
1: I it's might actually have a look. I, say, I might check that out.
0: It is the first thing I say. I, I know, I know, mm. I know you 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 guys. So myself and my children, we always have a bit of a laugh. Um, at school, so it's the same with school parents carrying their children's school bags
1: hmm.
0: you know, there's dad walking with daughter, uh, five years old and he's got his pink uni- unicorn backpack <laughs> in his bag as he's walking in, I just think to myself you know, we, we're not there's a lesson to be had and it sounds really horrible but there's a lesson to be had that you just think they're not becoming independent people by us carrying the bag and like you say Castle free but doesn't help them yeah no yeah i think I,
1: I agree with that not that i'm an expert in that field by any means um you but sw- yeah you wait, wait you wait, and so... see. You wait and see. <laughs> oh, yeah well,
0: fascinating I'm... watch i mean we see it a lot with cri- james and so with the with cricket bags the amount you know james goes to counter sessions and they met parents who were carrying their children's cricket bag staggering absolutely mm. staggering and james will sort of tell them he'll sometimes look at me he won't say anything because he knows. You'll sometimes look at me, look at his bag and look at me and I'm just like, no, come on, let's go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Imagine a cricketer, it's a, it's, a, it's a heck of a heavy bag,
0: right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's about a gear mile, little puts put in his bag. Um, so, so, so again, you know, maybe coming back to that independent play, you know, the first sign of it is children carrying their own bag, it's them knowing that the amount of golf balls they've got in their bag, it's them making their own decisions, it's... Managing themselves and their own, I'll say, mm. behaviour around the sessions that that they that, they're, uh, that, they're, that, they're, that they that they take take
1: part in. Yeah, agreed. Even in the sessions,
0: if the parents are there, get the
1: kid to encourage the kids to get the club out of the bag, as opposed to what the parent a lot the time instinctively wants to do is get it out for them. Here's your seven iron. You want the seven iron.
0: Yeah. You know, if you ask for an iron, go and so, get. Them so the only other thing, I, the only other thing I would say, and I, and I know I did mention it is. We, we we don't do this quite so much anymore, but we used to we wrote into the sort of the golf program that children would play on the golf course between sessions, and that they wouldn't move up through certain levels and criteria unless they did. Um, but yeah, what, what that did, it really opened up some really interesting conversations with parents about family members about getting on the golf course, and so we sort of forced them to do it if they wanted to move up through the cap system. Uh, yeah, but uh, for anybody you know listening in, it would be what can you do to initiate that conversation where you can say, right, you do. It's a good idea that you go and play between between sessions, or um, you know, get out regularly on the golf course. I mean, again, yeah.
1: It's, a, it's an interesting argument. I think I did a bit of a study on. Well, I did actually. I did a study on this sort of kind of vibe, I guess, at university actually, and it was all more about you can whether whether making somebody go out into the golf course how that differs to kind of inspiring i know it sounds a bit sort of whatever but inspiring someone to go out into the golf course and how that differs and whether that whether there's a long-term change in how you inspire someone to go out and play you might get fewer but you might also possibly get more um i guess long-term golfers going out and doing it as opposed to we've got to go on the course we'll do it twice because we got to
0: yeah it's that sort of Perhaps in, not but... in, intrinsic versus extrinsic isn't it Yeah yeah um, it is yeah and I suppose when we when we put it together the reason we if you like externalized it gave them external or reward for it is that then to experience it for themselves they come back we can talk about it you know like mm. we earlier on we've then got some context to the learning which would then infuse them and so you've used an extrinsic reward to create some intrinsic motivation
1: yeah it's like you can look at it in different ways can't you absolutely, yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah yeah and, we, and yeah. we did
0: it we did it for that reason because we always wanted the child to be, if you like, in charge of their own journey. Um, yeah. We use that idea, that idea is it's their game, their experience in their way, on their terms and in their time. Um, yeah. Because so if, if everything's built on top of that and we're always working towards them playing independently, then it will happen.
1: Yeah. See, we, we've sort of taken the other way that I was describing in, in the way that in, when I talk to the, the kids and the parents, instead of uh saying you know you've got to go out and play we'll we'll talk to them and say i would be i would be so happy if you sent me a picture of you playing golf yeah um and then then just see if they do and then when they do it's like man that was awesome well done you know and praise the living daylights out of them and hopefully they'll keep doing it um that's the kind of strategy that we're adopting right or wrong
0: so I suppose you know. In summary, that if we're gonna if we're gonna set up, we say I say we. When am I mean by we? Let's say coaches who you know uh, want to put together experiences for children coaching. If we're gonna do that in an organised, commercial way, then one of the downsides is that there might be some less in, informal, independent play. But if we start to add that back in as we go along, we, yeah, we I think that's where at all, we're we? at.
1: Yeah, I think it will be it would be. It'll be, be a big upheaval with the way that we delivered if we if we decided to try to get them to use the course before doing the, the structured coaching. Mm. Um, I think it would be possible, but I think my role would change dramatically. Yeah. Um, although I don't know that for a fact, but I, yeah, like I, I think it would be a big upheaval. Yeah. Um, so, we're going to give it a go this way around and see if it works.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, I suppose, I suppose just coming out of this conversation for those listening in is, you know, people not might not have even considered children, young people, families playing golf independently on the golf course. So, if, if it's not being considered, then this chat might enthuse people to consider it. And if it has been considered, you know, what are the ways that we can make it happen? Because that's where I'd say, I might be right, that's where the love's going to be created absolutely yeah you know if we if we if we look take you know you and i as an example let's say our journey was quite similar apart you went to university and i didn't to, to do your golf thing but um, let's say they're quite similar that we started and we fell in love with it and we wanted to do it more and more so therefore we're still playing it now if we take that love what did we love for me it was definitely that turn up go play just love playing that's all i remember as a kid yeah, yeah. absolutely and, yeah. and even if you look at the very top end of the game
1: and you look at I think it was a little documentary. was on Max Homer. I think I might have sent it to you, actually. Right. I don't know if you saw that. Um, But the whole thing was, I hardly had a a lesson as a child. And it was just what he loved and what he did was just play, 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 play on this little par three municipal course in wherever it was he grew up in the States. Um, But, yeah, that pathway is, is where we're trying to
0: get to and find that kind of middle ground of a combination of both. Nice. So I suppose drawing this to close because I'm conscious of time. Um, it's been really interesting. I hope it's been of interest to the people that listen in. But one thing that I'm going to consider is just you know how do we maintain how do and I think I said this to you last time how do we keep players the heartbeat of everything we do, whether that be if you like formal structured coaching on course experiences, but also informal independent as well. Mm and maintaining a bit of a balance between that formal and structured and independent and unstructured and informal. Yeah, it's a, it's a big, it's a big uh, balancing act, isn't it, and figuring out the type of children
1: that you've got and the type of juniors and the club that you work at. Yeah. There's, there's, there's so many different variables.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, well, thank. this has been really interesting. It's certainly taken the chat forward from what we had last week. Uh, yeah, no, I've definitely learned some stuff for me. It, so, no, I appreciate it. it if people want to get in touch, because there's no doubt that what you guys do at Stonebridge is to be, um, is definitely to be looked at coaches, people near you know, goodness knows you might, you might know that there might be people listening in here near Stonebridge who come and come and want to search you out. So how do they find out a bit more about you, Aaron?
1: Yeah, sure. The easiest way is to, is to find us on, um, on social media, um, head over to Instagram or Facebook, just search Ignite Golf Juniors. Um, and
0: then you'll no doubt find us. So it's it's definitely creating that spark, isn't it? Ignite. That's it's why really we cool. called it ignite. <laughs> Absolutely, I love it. I love it. Aaron, thank you so much for your time. No worries at all. No, thanks for having me on. It's good. We'll do it again sometime soon. Sounds great. Take it easy, mate. Boy. See you now. Bye.